Welcome to the Calvary Assembly Podcast, with weekly messages from the Calvary Assembly of God Church in Lexington, Nebraska. You can find out more online at lexag.org and on Facebook at Calvary Assembly Lex. Thanks for listening. We're excited this morning. We have some new friends uh, this morning. Sarah, Levi and Sarah DeVries are going to come share. They're new uh, ministers here in the district. And uh, they're uh, actually one of our rising up-and-coming uh, new ministry couples that are just doing incredible work. We uh, got to meet them at district council this year and got to know these guys. They're an incredible young couple. They shared in our Sunday school class this morning with their teenagers. So they're going to come share this morning. So would you give a big Calvary welcome this morning to Levi and Sarah DeVries? Man. Thank you, guys. Wow. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Man, thank you. Wow. That was awesome. Wow. I wish I had a Calvary welcome wherever I went. Man, holy. You walk into Burger King and it's a Calvary welcome. I mean, I can only imagine, you know. Thank you, guys. Thanks so much for having us today. Um, My name is Levi. This is my wife, Sarah. Um, We're very, very honored, very, very honored to be with you guys today. This is a beautiful church. We've gotten to meet a handful of you already. I hope maybe we get a chance to say hello and meet each one of you today. Um, What a beautiful body of Christ. And thank you, Pastor Lex, (laughs) Pastor Rex. (laughs) It's funny. I actually, I texted Pastor Rex earlier this week, and I said, hey, Pastor Lex, and I, I, told him after, I told him after the fact, I'm like, does anybody call you Pastor Lex? I mean, you're kind of the Lexington pastor. Th- thanks, Pastor Rex, so much for having us. It means a lot, you guys, that will welcome us in this family. So we're thankful for you guys. Very thankful. Um, and we're also pumped to preach in the desert today. Um, I've never done that before. Um, so that'll be, that'll be a first. Um, but yeah, Sarah and I, we are going to be global workers um, and moving across to the other side of the world to spend the rest of our lives um, reaching unreached people. Majorly Muslim peoples and people who have never had a chance to choose and know Jesus. Um, and we'll begin that journey this fall. We'll leave in about a month and a half. And we'll initially be overseas for about uh, two years um, serving and planning the church where there is none in Central Eurasia. You'll notice I haven't said the name of where we're going um, and some more specific natures and words of our work, um, and that's on purpose. So we'll speak a little bit in code this morning for the protection of um, ourselves, uh, our team members on the other side of the world, and also um, the local church that's in the country we're going to. Um, and that's just simply because the, where we're going in the world, the church is persecuted. Um, there's very little and to no access to knowing Jesus and choosing Christ. And so, um, you know, overabundance of caution, we'll be a little bit um, reserved with that this morning. So, that said, we are going to have a table just outside, right over here to the right, where you'll be able to find out where we're going specifically, how we'll be doing what we'll be doing, and some prayer cards and things like that uh, of what we do. So, we'd love for you to stop by and say hello at that table. We also have some materials in Spanish. So, any Spanish speakers here in, in the building this morning? Maybe, maybe a handful, maybe another room? Sure. Yeah. So we, we have some materials in Spanish as well. Um, so make sure you stop by and say hello at the table um, after service. Yes. So we are going to be associates um, to Central Eurasia. We'll be there for two years. Um, but like Levi said, we're just so grateful to be here. Even speaking with the students this morning and meeting your students, parents, you've done a great job. 
Um, and so I'm just going to share a little bit about my story and um, mm. and what we'll be doing loosely. <laughs> and then you can get more ta- more details from us at the table. But for me, it actually started when I was a 16-year-old student in high school. And so um, I got saved. And about six months after that, um, we went on a local stateside trip to um, Minnesota. And that's where I learned about what an unreached people group was for the first time. So raise mm. your hand if you know what an unreached people group is. Okay, great. Most of you. So for those of you that don't, an unreached people group are people that have little to no access to a Bible in their own language, Christians, and a church in their own culture and context. And so what that simply means is that these people just have little to no access to hearing the gospel message of Jesus. And so for me, as a 16-year-old hearing that, it just broke my heart. I had no idea that I had the privilege of, of growing up in a, in a place where I got to hear the gospel regularly to be able to choose Jesus for myself. And so um, what I, that later that evening, we were praying, and I uh, was just spending time with the Lord, and I got a vision of me standing in a temple uh, with religious idols around me, and I spoke the name of Jesus, and light came out of my mouth, and the idols broke, and I was Come just on. standing there. <laughs> and so God used that to really confirm that I was part of meeting that need in unreached people and sharing the gospel with people that have never heard. Um, to bring um, the worship that Jesus deserves of all people and all nations. And so it started for me at 16. I said yes. And then um, later in college is where I met Levi, when we were a part of Chi Alpha Student Ministries, for those of you that are familiar. Um, And that's where we really learned how to disciple international students, share the gospel with international students. And, um, And really from there, we... We, we met there, and so um, we, instead of the unreached people uh, coming to us, we'll be going to them, and Come so on. we'll be spending two yep. years learning the language and the culture to be able to share the gospel um, with the people in the country we're going to. They're an unreached people group, like what, what we mentioned before, and they're primarily Muslim, and so um, we really just will build relationships, disciple the unreached, and share the gospel. And so we're joining a team of about 10 other global workers and um, a few coming along with us as well. But we really see this as a lifelong call. And so this is just the start of the journey for us. And so just an update on where we're at. Um, We got our visas approved. We just bought plane tickets. (laughs) And we head out um, the end of August. So it's getting really real. But if you guys would like more details about what we're doing, why we're doing it, um, just stop by at the table. We'd love to just meet you as well. Um, so, yeah, thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you. God's kingdom is very big, right? And exists in this room and all over the world. And we're going to help establish where it's not. So thank you for inviting us and having us today. I, I've got a question for you guys. Today, I'm going to be sharing about the power of our yes. The power of yes. Um, now, there's, if you guys think about it, there's probably a few questions that you might get asked on a day-to-day basis that is very much easy to, like that right there? Hey, Pastor Kenny, thank you. Um, there's probably a few questions you might get asked on a daily uh, life basis that are very easy to say yes to. Matter of fact, let's just practice it. I'm going to have you guys say yes on the count of three. Are you ready? One, two, three. Okay, wow. Wonderful. Okay, we got some yesers in the room today. Okay, so one of the, one, maybe a question. You're sitting at the DMV. You've waited for some time, starting to get a headache. It's the afternoon, and someone asks you, 
would you like a cup of coffee while you wait? To which you would probably reply, okay, wonderful, wonderful. Um, you're at IHOP. Do you guys have uh, IHOP here in Lexington? Do you have, what's a local breakfast spot? Do you, do you guys have any? any what, Bur Farmer's Cafe? Okay, so Farmer's Cafe, you've got a five stack of pancakes at Farmer's Cafe, and the waitress comes over and says, would you like whipped cream on top? You would probably reply, okay, all right, a, little, a few no's. We've got a few whipped cream haters, no problem. Um, you're watching Netflix, you're about to go to bed, but then uh, they ask you a particular question. Would you like to watch another episode? Anybody in the room? To which you would reply, okay, we got some honest people here. I'm, I'm, I love it. Would you like an appetizer for the table? Okay, all right. Would you like five cents off per gallon? Come on, especially right now. Yes, please. Would you like to be friends, but on Facebook, on Facebook, low commitment, low commit. Okay, maybe, maybe some yes. All right. Would you like fries with that? Okay. Would you like to upgrade to first class? Okay. All right, parents, come on. Are you ready? Would you like us to watch the kids for the night? Yeah. I need some parent to say, yes, please, right here. Talk to me after service. Would you like to take a vacation? Man, everybody could use a vacation. Or introverts, would you like to stay in tonight? Would you like to stay? Oh, man. All the introverts said, yes. Now, the, the series of questions I asked, just asked you, they're probably easy to say yes to, right? Not, maybe not to whipped cream, you know, yes or no for whipped cream. But what about these series of questions? Now, you can say yes if you'd like, but you don't have to. What about, could you take out the trash before I get home? All, all our youth coming back from camp are like, oh. um, could you have that on my desk before the end of the day? Ooh. Could you stop using that tone with me? I saw some couples that did the, the quick head turn. <laughs> Could you move your family to work at a location out of state? That's a hard question to say yes to, right? Could you usher today since we had someone call out? Do we have any volunteer ushers today? On the spot ushers? Okay, all right, good. Sounds good. Thanks for, thanks for being here today, ushers. What about, could you forgive me? Could you forgive me? That might be a hard question to say yes to. If you had someone across from you, you know, that really had hurt you, really had damaged, you know, that relationship or that part of your life. Um, could you forgive me? That's a hard thing to say yes to. Now, the difference between those first set of questions that I asked you guys and that second set is the second set of questions had a cost had a cost. Maybe to put whipped cream on top of your pancakes would be another 25 cents, a small cost perhaps. But the difference between those questions was the cost. Well, today we're talking about saying yes to Jesus, the power of our yes when we say yes to Jesus. And when we say yes to Jesus, there, there is a cost. There is a cost. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you. We love you so much. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for dying for us, for raising back to life for us, the people here sitting in this room at Calvary. God, thank you for dying for me. Thank you for your power, for your presence. Thank you for your word. God, would you just speak to every heart?
Would you speak to everybody here in the room today? We love you and we serve you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let's look at what Jesus asked of us for our yes. In Luke chapter 9, he said, and he said to all, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Pick up his cross daily and follow me. What a yes to ask of us that the Lord Jesus says, pick up your cross daily and follow me. All over the Bible, we see different folks that said yes to some incredible and highly costly yeses. Moses, for example, went and even though he had just previously murdered someone in the land of Egypt, God asked him to return to Egypt for the purpose of saving, rescuing, delivering the Israelite people. And Moses said yes. Joshua promised the land before him, was asked to walk around the walls of Jericho. Not the best military strategy, if you ask me. And he said yes. The widow with Elijah, when her son and her were on the edge of death, came to Elijah and asked, what can you do? Help us, please. And Elijah, prompted by Holy Spirit, you know, says to gather as many jars as you possibly can. Well, what's that going to do? She said, yes. She said, yes. Mary said yes to giving birth to Jesus. An incredible opportunity from God, but at the same time, a risk, a cost in her community where, amen, wow. A cost in her community where perhaps she would be ostracized, set aside, and rejected for becoming pregnant before getting married. Let's look at Mary's yes. In Luke chapter 1, and Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be according to your word. And the angel departed from her. What a beautiful yes. What a beautiful yes. Jesus' disciples, when asked to feed thousands, you know, their yes was, this is all we've got. Five loaves and two fish. God chooses to use us. He doesn't have to, but he does. God chooses to use us. He doesn't have to, but he does. The Bible says this in Romans. Do not let sin, amen, hallelujah. I didn't, the Bible didn't say that as well, by the way. Maybe when Paul was writing this, a phone rang, I don't know. Romans chapter 6 says, do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Now look at this. Instead, instead, give yourselves completely to God. For you were dead, but now you have new life. Does anybody have new life this morning? Come on. But now you have new life. So use what? Your whole body as an instrument to do what is right. For what? The glory of God. The glory of God. Our yes is for his glory. Did you know that already you and I say yes and no to things all the time? We say yes to upgrades, perhaps the first class. That's never happened to me, hopefully someday. <laughs> you know, but we also say yes and no to a lot of everyday things that we might not even consider or think about. And Paul pleads here and says, don't let your flesh pull yourselves around and say yes to whatever. Don't give in to your sinful desires, because if we give our flesh control, our flesh will say whatever it, uh, yes to whatever it'd like to. 
But he says, instead, actively say yes. Give yourselves completely to God. For what? His glory. His glory. Don't leave your sinful nature in control and say yes to whatever. Instead, choose new life. You know, here's another question some of you may have asked or been asked in this room is, will you marry me? Will you marry me? Now, that's quite a question to say yes to, right? When, uh, when I realized I wanted to marry Sarah, I picked up a second job at uh, an ice cream shop. Uh, we're, we're originally from Omaha, Nebraska, by the way. So born and raised in Omaha, Nebraska. I picked up a second job as an ice cream scooper at an ice cream shop. And I would work it after I got off from my first job. And all the tips and paychecks I made, I set aside, and that's how I bought Sarah's ring. But for me, that was a happy cost to pay. I mean, I was the happiest ice cream scooper in that whole shop. I was like, yes, please. I mean, because what? I was happy to pay that cost, right? Oh, of course, of course, I'll pay that cost for this woman to be my bride. Beautifully in marriage, as you say yes to your spouse, something wonderful happens, right? Is your spouse says yes right back to you. When on our wedding day, I am not the only one that said I do. Sarah also said it as well. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah, right? In the same way, Christ, with the body, the church, the same way in marriage, when we say yes to him, God is so faithful to say yes right back to us. As we see I do, as we, as Paul describes, give ourselves completely to God, he is faithful. And he says yes right back to us. God chooses to use us. He doesn't have to, but he does. Our yes has a cost. And our yes is for God's glory. And I love how as we say yes, that Jesus says yes right back to us. I love how the message puts it in James. He says, say a quiet yes to God and he'll be there in no time. Quit dabbling in sin. Purify your inner life. Quit playing the field. Moses, when he said yes, not knowing what would happen, yes, he used a man, which a lot of scholars think had a speech impediment, by the way, to talk directly to Pharaoh, to plead for the Israelites on his behalf. And God answered and said yes right back to Moses by sending his power, his miracles, plagues even to free and redeem the Israelite people. When Joshua said yes to walking around the walls of Jericho, the not ideal military strategy, we know the story, right? God brought the walls tumbling down. Are you seeing this? Are you seeing how God answers? Now, you notice how each of these people, they, that God didn't tell them how he's going to answer. He just told them to say yes. The widow with Elijah, every single jar, every single yes that she brought in form of a clay pot, God filled with oil and provided for her and her son. Mary, through her, Jesus was born and lived among us. Her yes, God answered yes right back to her. The 12 disciples, yes, that could fit on a small plate, God took and ran and fed thousands. Our small little yeses we give over to God, God just runs away with it and says yes right back to us. Amen? Amen. God chooses to use us. He doesn't have to, but he does. Let's look at 2 Corinthians This is a promise for you and me. For all the promises of God find what? Their yes in him. That is why it is through him 
that we utter our amen to God for what? For his glory. And it is God who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us and who has also put his seal on us and given us his spirit. Look in this verse how God is saying yes right back to us. What does he do? Oh, this is awesome. And who has also what? Put his seal on us and given us his spirit as a what? In our hearts as a guarantee. God is so faithful to say yes right back to us. When we say yes, God is faithful to fill us with his Holy Spirit and say yes with us. And what? It's for his glory. Are you noticing this? Does your yes give God glory? Does your yes give God glory? God chooses to use us. He doesn't have to, but he does. Our yes has a cost. Our yes is for God's glory. And when we say yes, God says yes right back to us. When I first said yes to God, I was a half-drunk 16-year-old kid who didn't know why I was on the planet. I'd grown up in church. I was in Assemblies of God church, and I knew right from wrong, and I knew the way I should go. And, and I realized... Um, I came to this point where perhaps I questioned what I'd been taught, what I'd grown up in, whether or not this was just some bubble that I came to exist in that I happened to be born in. And at a Taco Bell one night in between a a sinful life, God met me. And I had this random thought. It was in the moment, you know, just a random depressing thought. But looking back, I see it was God tapping my heart. And that thought was, is this it? Is this it? Is this all I'm here on life for, is to look for the next thrill, the next party, the next satisfaction, right? What Romans says, the next thing that my flesh can be satisfied with. I let my sinful desire take and lead control. And I'll tell you what, when I came to that altar and said yes to Jesus, I have never regretted it. I've never regretted it. If you're in this room today, Perhaps you've even been coming to church for some time, but you've never fully given yourself over to Jesus Christ. Um, The Bible says today is the day of salvation. And you might not be a half-drunk 16-year-old kid, and you're definitely not at a Taco Bell. Um, (laughs) But God wants to meet you right where you are. So we're going to have some time a little bit later. If, If you feel God is calling you to say yes to him, maybe for the first time, or to come back home, Today's your day. But my yes had a cost. When I came back to know Jesus, I lost friends. I lost status. I lost the, th- the, the sinful desires and cravings of my flesh. I began to say no to so I could say yes to Christ. And the beautiful thing is, is when we first say yes to God, that's, it doesn't stop there. It doesn't stop there. We actually continue, right? The Bible says to pick up your cross daily and follow me. It's a daily yes, a daily sacrifice, a laying down of our will, our lives, and our emotions for the sake of his glory. Psalm 32, 8 says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go, and I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. So even if you've said yes to Jesus this morning, maybe that was 40, 50, 60 years ago. Maybe it was this week at camp. Regardless, you and I can continue to say yes. Actually, the Bible instructs us and leads us to continue to say yes every single day. 
Let me show you kind of what I'm, I'm, I'm talking about. You can put up that yes slide. Thanks, Noah. A lot of you guys might hear what Sarah and I are doing. And uh, even with the vagueness, even without the specifics, you may perhaps think, wow, that is an incredible yes. Like, good for you. Very nice. You know, go do your thing. But there's no way that I could ever do that. Well, what you guys are seeing is you're seeing this yes over here on the left side. This big yes that seems impossible and so sacrificial. But to be honest with you, um, that's not what my yes looked like. My yes actually looked like this over here on this right-hand side. After I came to know Jesus, he just started asking things of me. And that's the beauty of our relationship and walk with God is he directs our steps, right, as Psalm 32 says, with his loving eye on us. And as he began to just say yes, he, what, this little yes over here, over here in the corner, you guys know exactly which one I'm pointing to, right? <laughs> that yes was to read the Bible a little bit more. To not let it be a decoration of my mantelpiece, but actually let it to be a guide and a direction for my life. One of those yeses up there was to just spending time in Christian community. To not just attend, but to belong. To, to actively be a part and a mem member of my church community. One of those yeses was to invite unbelievers from school to church with me. God continued prompting these little yeses, these little yeses, the next yes, the next yes. Well, which school to go to? Which, which community to belong with? Chi Alpha, University of Nebraska, Omaha. And finally, one of those yeses was, well, Levi, why don't you go and invite Yusuf down the hall to your small group? Why don't you go and say hi? No, God, I'm good. I'm good. No, 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 no. All right, that was fine up to that point. I'll read the Bible. I'll read the Bible. I'll go to small group. But I'm a little nervous to talk to that Muslim down the hall. So that might have been one of those no's. Well, a week later, that no turned into a yes. And Yusuf and I began to spend time together. Then God began to ask me to bring Muslims and invite them into my apartment, invite them to my small group. Then he directed me to go on a short-term trip. Are you seeing this? Are you seeing how God directs our steps so faithfully? We just have to say yes? Well, it was a quiet Sunday afternoon after church where I, the Holy Spirit asked, well, why don't you do this the rest of your life? You spend the rest of your life seeking out and loving the unreached, bringing them into my kingdom. And I said yes. So the yes to go and do what we're doing right now, it's not this huge, heroic, out-of-sorts spiritual yes for me. It was actually just another small one. Now, Sarah, on the other hand, at 16 years old, I'm so glad you guys got to hear her story. God called her very specifically through her vision and incredible spiritual experience. So her actually, just shortly after getting saved, was the big yes to go. But you know what followed it? A thousand small ones to get there. So whether God has put that specific calling, what you are, are ordained and designed to do here on this earth, or you're figuring it out, there's going to be a lot of yeses along the way. Let me tell you about one of those yeses. I met a friend. His name was Abdul. Abdul was a Muslim, and he comes from a country a lot like where Sarah and I are going. And um, Abdul loved food. Anybody love food? All right, come on. Come on, Calvary. I love food. So when, when Abdul invited me over to his home, he, was, and to, he wanted to cook some of his local cuisine for me at his apartment. So I, I was like, 
I'm in, Abdul, let's do it. Yes, right? So um, I go over to Abdul's apartment. It's a small little box. It's the car- dirty carpet. I don't see any dining room table. And so I, you know, I kind of look at Abdul, you know, so, you know, where are we going to eat? Don't worry about it, Levi. Just sit down, sit down on the couch. And Abdul has got this gigantic pot on cooking on his apartment stove. I mean, it was like, it was more like a cauldron from like Snow White or something. I mean, it was like, like this big old pot. He's taking spices and rices and everything nices. And he is just no measuring cups. He's just, you know, sprinkling all up in this rice. And, um, Eventually, he gets close to finishing, and he takes this newspaper, and he, on the apartment floor, spreads out the newspaper all over the floor until you can barely see the dirty carpet. And then he takes this giant pot off of his apartment stove, and he just goes, boom, and just, rice splashes all over the newspaper on the floor. It was like a, a volcano explosion of rice or something. And, uh, and so then Abdul does something. He leans over to me and he says, dig in. I said, Abdul, with what? With what? He sprinkles some, some fish on there, some other additives. And, he, you know, he says, Allah has given you, you know, the uh, utensils you need right here. And I said, okay, here we go. I didn't know this was part of the yes, right? So we began to just eat fish and rice off the newspaper on this dirty apartment floor. For about two to three hours, Abdul and I go back and forth about our faith. He had a language barrier, so most of it was YouTube videos. I would show him a YouTube video in Arabic about Christianity, and he would show me a YouTube video about Islam in English, uh, trying to convert me to be a Muslim. And after about two to three hours of this, Abdul, uh, he comes over, he looks me in the eyes, and he says, Levi, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't understand why you think Jesus would ever be God. I don't understand why you think God would ever come down and be a man. It's gross. It's foolish. It's ungodlike. It's nasty. God, God, the God I serve is holy. He would never come down and be a human being gross in this human existence for us. Why would he do that? Why would he do that? And I looked Abdul in the eyes and I said, Abdul, it's because he loves you. Because he loves you. We serve a God that came down from his throne, his holiness. For you and for me, he stepped down into this earth and became a human being so that you and I could have access, so that you and I could have the opportunity to even choose him, so that he could die, that he could be resurrected again. He could pay the price for our sin. That's our God that we serve. That's our God that we serve. And Abdul, for the first time in his life, his eyes begin to widen. The gears, I can see the the gears and his brain begin to spin as for the first time in his life, somebody explains to him the gospel. That's why Sarah and I are going. So guys like Abdul can have a shot. What is God asking you to say yes to. Pastor Kenny, you can come and play, man. That'd be awesome. You know, another person who said yes in the Bible was Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah was asked a big thing of God to, to prophesy and proclaim 
almost like a doom and gloom, truly, for the Israelite people who'd walked away from him. But look at his response in Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 6. This is Isaiah speaking. And he said, And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Who shall I send and who will go for us? And then I said, Here I am. Send me. Here I am, God. Send me. Is that your response today? Is that your response to that next yes? I, I, I don't know everybody in the room today, but I know that God is asking a next yes of you. Maybe that's to start your own business. Maybe that's to be faithful in your current one. Maybe it's to invite that unsaved coworker to coffee. Maybe it's to get out in the community of Lexington to truly be Jesus where Jesus isn't known. Maybe it's to read the Bible truly for the first time and not let it be another mantelpiece decoration. That was a yes that God had to ask of me. Whatever your yes is, let your response be, here I am, send me. And if today, maybe your yes is doing what Sarah and I are doing. Maybe it's going to the other side of the world to tell people about Jesus where he's never been heard. Maybe he's been tapping that on your heart for some time or just today you're feeling for the first time that God is directing you to do that. Well, if that's you today, I especially want to meet with you. So please come spend a little time with Sarah and I. We want to pray for you. We want to believe with you. We want to stand with you. But I'll tell you what, the Bible has called and asked all of us to give Jesus our yes and make disciples of all nations, whether that's in Central Eurasia or right here in Lexington. Is your response, God, here I am, send me. Send me, God. Here I am, send me. Whatever your answer is, let it be. Here I am, send me. Whatever that yes that God is asking of you today. So what we're going to do is we're going to just spend a little time. We're not in a hurry. We're not in a hurry. We're going to spend a little time in worship. We're going to spend a little time in the presence of Jesus Christ. And I'm going to invite each one of you to respond. Maybe that's in your seat. Maybe it's coming up to this altar. But if everyone would just stand with me. I just invite you in this time. The altar is open. The altar is open. So come, 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 come. Kneel at the feet of Jesus and whatever that yes is, whatever that thing that God is asking of you, if you're not sure, just begin to ask Holy Spirit, God, how can I make disciples? How can I love in my community? How can I say yes and love truly in my marriage and in my walk? So we're going to spend a few minutes and I just invite you to respond.